Amen. Lord, as men, you will grant unto us that authority needed to be a father that will be responsible to our duty at all time in the name of Jesus. Amen. We commit our facilitators to your able hands as they speak this morning. You will speak to them in the name of Jesus. Through Amen. our facilitator, Lord, we pray that we give unto every one of us message of salvation, message yes. of joy, Amen. message of peace in our various homes in the name of Jesus. Amen. And to those that are still uh, thinking to join or not, you will touch them to be part of this uh, webinar in the name of Jesus. Amen. And at Amen. the end of everything, Lord, we pray that your name alone will be glorified. Amen. Thank you, Father, because you answer prayers. Hallelujah. For in Jesus' most wonderful name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much, sir. Uh, that was Venerable Luke Benga Bodering saying the opening prayer. As we mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, this webinar, this webinar is part of the activities celebrating the 2023 men's harvest in the Anglican Church of the Ascension or Kwebi. Our vicar is Venerable Gabriel Ajiboye Fawole, and it is now my pleasure to invite him to say uh, the vicar's charge. Vika, sir. Okay. If you can hear me, sir. Okay, I see. Okay, good. Yes, I'm hearing you. Please go ahead, sir. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm happy sir. to be part of this program, which is the beginning of year 2023 men's harvest thanksgiving so i welcome you to this webinar it is my prayer again that it's going to be a time of blessing to all of us in the name of jesus amen let me quickly remind us of harvest 23 2023 having uh, as its theme for the year, harvest of abundance. It is my prayer that we all witness and experience abundance of our heads and in all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, coming to this gathering, we have a theme that is very apt. Unnecessary for us as children of God. Necessary for our homes. Unnecessary for those that will leave behind by the time we have gone to be with the Lord. We need to be reasonable. We need to be responsive. We need to follow up. That, that is why I expect all men to be part of this so that we will learn and we do the right footing. I pray that we will not have any reason to regret, or those who will come after us, any reason to regret where we must have gone in the name of Jesus. Amen. And uh, for our harvest, for our men's harvest, we have this uh, wonderful team, which I want to encourage us with, 
I want us to pay attention to this and all that we do, which has been taken from Psalm 16, verse 11, in his presence, in his presence. Look at uh, I want to appreciate the grace of the Lord upon those who are the organizers of this year's men's harvest. And for the theme that they have chosen, uh, being his presence, when you are... That I says, you will know the path of life. You will know the path. That, that is, you will not go into error. You will not do anything that will harm your wife, your children, that will put them in disarray by the time you will have gone. Mm -hmm. When you remain in the presence of the Lord, you will do everything in the fear of the Lord. You will want God to, 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 to be happy with you. And, the, and there is no one who is in the presence of God who sustains a relationship with the Lord, who does not have uh, uh, his family, his friends, his relative appreciating God through his life. And one of the three other things in that single verse says, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of God. The presence of God, as we are looking at it, begins from here. Enjoy relationship with the Lord while you are here. And it goes beyond here. It goes into your eternity when you will be with the Lord. Because with the Lord, it is everlasting joy. But you must first start to enjoy that joy while you are here. And the thought thing that that test is saying to us is that there will be player forever. Player by the time you will have gone. Player that will be with your wife, your children, that none of them will regret that you do not do what you should have done while you are here. And that is why we want to appreciate God for the, 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 the first topic, the law and practice of wills. Don't be careless so that by the time you have gone, you will leave player behind for your family. But such player you will leave behind for your family. You must have experienced it while you are here and you can only experience such player when you remain in the in the presence of god when you learn to stay in the confine of the lord almighty when you do not design your own uh uh, uh abode your 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 own lifestyle that will bring hurt that will bring a uh, 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 disaffection to members of your family so let us listen attentively and let us learn today so that there will be player by the time we have gone and the remembrance of our being here on earth your family will rejoice but if we fail to do what we should do uh the result may not be good mm -hmm. and let us look at the second the second topic the effect of jackpa on, on family Jackpot, as good as it may sound, has a lot of effect on the family. Uh, many of us are happy today because we have our children. They have gone. Let's land here. Let us see as the Lord will lead and facilitate us to let us know the effect of this. So that if there is anything we can still do, 
we will start to do it. But it's important, whatever they have taken from us while they are here will definitely remain with them. People of God, I welcome you once again. I welcome most especially the people of God. We are invited. Uh, Professor Baba Tudeoni and Mrs. Oluyomi Afolabi. I pray that the Lord will use you to teach us. Amen. And we will remember today for good in Jesus' name. Amen. I sincerely who I charge those who have, who have organized this for us. The Lord will continue to be with you. Your Amen. home will experience the joy of the Lord. And Amen. you yourself, you will know the path of life. And there will be player for you Amen. forever and ever. Amen. Thank you very much. Until next year again, where we will come up for men's harvest 2024 i pray that you will remain in the lord amen. the presence of the lord will remain with you amen. you will not be in death by that time amen. you will not be in sickness you will not be bedridden amen. the grace of the lord will be upon your life thank you very much and god bless you and yes thank you so very much sir we've been listening to uh the vicar and arch Deacon of Anglican Church of the Ascension Okwebi and the Okwebi Archdeaconry, respectively. Thank you, sir. The Venerable Gabriel Ajiboye Fawale giving the vicar's charge as part of the opening formalities for this webinar. This webinar has been organized by the Men's Harvest Committee. That committee is a subcommittee of the 2023 Harvest Committee in the Anglican Church of the Ascension. And now it is my pleasure to invite the chairman of the 2023 Harvest Committee in our church, Engineer Ayola Lawson, to say the opening remarks. The floor is yours, sir. Uh, thank you very much, our vicar, for that opening remarks. And thank you to our resource persons, Professor Oni and Mrs. Avolabi. And I have to thank especially my brother, Brother Yo. This webinar. I'm so eager to eat and learn from it right in my own family. Enjoy special to what is going to happen today. And please don't say it does not affect me. If the uh, William that uh, the father is a son. And the son is a son. As if uh, we should learn how to put our own will so that there will be no trouble in the future. And this Jaguar syndrome has affected men mostly. So we want to learn from our sister how women should adjust our life to this issue. Because as soon as those children that have Jaguar are having babies, they are sending for our wives and taking them away from us. And we are most of the time alone, most of the time. I did not say all the time. So we need to learn how to live, how to adjust, and how not to create problems for ourselves whenever they live. God, and God will help us to listen attentively to the two speakers and learn and adjust our life. Thank you very much for all of you for joining. And God will continue to guide us and guide us in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, sir. That was Regina Ayola Lawson, the chairman of the 2023 Avest Committee in the Anglican Church of the Ascension of Pebby. The chairman of the Men's Avest Subcommittee is Brother Ayo Oladapo. I will now invite him to introduce our speakers and after that, we go into the webinar proper. So, Brother Oladapo, the floor is yours. Thank you. Okay, brother, all that was the floor is yours now to introduce our speakers. Please unmute your microphone. Go ahead. Very good. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Good morning, people of God. Thank, uh, I thank our vicar for the vicar's charge, and I thank brother your Olalosi, the Harvest Committee chairman, who we have put us together in order to come about these two interesting topics. Uh, it affords me a great pleasure to introduce our two guest speakers uh, for this uh, virtual webinar to us this morning. Uh, this virtual webinar is part of the event program in order to celebrate our men for the 2023 uh, Harvest Thanksgiving. Um, in this webinar, we have Professor Babatunde Adetunjioni and Mrs. who shall be talking to us on the law and practice of wills, probate and administration of estates. And, um, uh, dear Mrs. Oluyomi Afolabi, who will be talking to us on Japan effects on the family. Now, I, people of God, I present to you uh, Professor Babatunde Adedijoni, uh, a bridge profile. Professor Babatunde is a professor of law and head of the department private and property law, University of Lagos. He obtained his LLB honors from Ogun State University of with second class upper division. He also won the Dosho Fola Sand Prize for the best results in Nigerian legal and research methods at the Akintola Adiramaja Sand Prize for the best results in land law for the same university, in addition to several other academic awards in commercial law, in commercial law, principle of equity and trust, among others. He attended the Nigerian Law School in 1997 and was enrolled as a barrister and of the Supreme Court of Nigeria in February 25, 1998. He obtained his LLM from Obafemi Awolowo University and PhD from University of Lagos in 2003 and 2010, respectively. He joined the Department of Private and Property Law, University of Lagos in 2004. He is the current head of the Department of Property and um, Private and Property Law Faculty of Law, University of Lagos. He had a, he had early served as the acting head of the Department of private and property law from 2014 and 2016. He was subbed in 2011 and 2012. In 2011 and 2014, he coordinated the LLM program and is a staff advisor to Student Society 2007-2016. Uh, Kaudia Shoshimba 2009-2009 to date. He served in several other committees within the Faculty of Law, University of Lagos. He was once the chairman <laughs> Faculty of Law Retrieval <laughs> Committee. Professor Oni is an international scholar of repute with several publications, both in local and foreign peer reviewed journals, with several international awards. 
His current book, The Law of Succession in Nigeria, Principal Cases and Practice, published in 2019 by the University of Lagos Press and Bookshop LTD Limited, is a leading test book in the area of succession and administration of first state in Nigeria. He has co-edited four books to with Essays in the Lagos State Mortgage and Property Law 2010, Essay on Lagos State Lands Registration Law 2015, Trajectory of Nigerian Law 2016, Effect Three for Professor I.O. Smith Sang, and Crisscrossing Law and Jurisprudence, a fetish for Professor A. Akin Oyebode, his latest book, Themes on Principles of Equity in Nigeria, also published by the same university of Lagos Press and Public Bookshop Limited in 2022. Professor Onit teaches land law, principle of equity and law of trust, law of succession and administration of estates, landlord and tenants law, his research interests include property law, law of trust and restitution. He is currently a professor of law and head of department, private and property law, University of Lagos, and coordinator of the Waste Clinic of the Faculty of Law, University of Lagos. Uh, recently, the Legal Practice uh, Privilege Committee at the 159th plenary meeting uh, so elevated Professor Babatinga Oni as one of the senior advocates of Nigeria designate. Um, he is married, happily married and blessed with wonderful children. Uh, people of God, uh, please join me in welcoming Mr. Oni for this uh, webinar. Second guest uh, speaker for today is our dear Mrs. Olufi Afolabi. Mrs. Modupe Oluyomi Afolabi attended Methodist Girls High School from 1973 September to 1978, and then continuing with her uh, A-levels in the same school. She proceeded to the University of Lagos in 1980, where she studied economics and graduated in 1983, and also completed a master's degree in industrial relations and personal management from the same university. She's a seasoned human resources HR prof professional with a wealth of issues. She started her career with John Holth, and proceeded to pick up Agriculture, RITA Ibadan. She also had stints at Inlast Computers and Difcom Merchant Bank. She joined Chevron Nigeria Limited in 1992 and worked in various roles of increasing responsibility. Responsibility. She took an early retirement from her role as the joint venture JV Fields HR Business Partner Manager in 2014. She currently manages her own business, Simply Africa. She stated that continues to take an active interest in developing and mentoring others. She's an alumnus of the Executive Development Program, EDP of the Watten Business School, University of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, and an alumnus of the London Business School Executive Program. Also an alumnus of the 10,000 Women Gold, Gold Massage Program and a beneficiary of the Sherry Blair Road to Growth Program and a member of AWEP, that is African Women Entrepreneurship Program. She currently lives in Lagos with her family. She served as the president of the Parent Body Methodist Girls High School Old School Association and has an annual mentor program for the school prefect. 
Yomi loves to travel and meet people. She's a culture enthusiast. People of God, join me in welcoming the two guest speakers, the two facilitators to this uh, 2023 men's 2023 men's harvest um, celebration. Thank you very much. I know, yes, thank you very much, uh, Brother Ayo Oladakwa, the chairman of the Men's Harvest Subcommittee of the 2023 Harvest Committee. And now, yes, let's begin. We welcome most heartily uh, Professor Barton Deoni to present uh, the webinar on the topic, The Law and Practice of Wills, Probate and Administration of Estate. If you have questions, please feel free to submit them in the chat room. We are going to take all the questions after the two presentations by our facilitators, but please do send them into the chat room. Prof, the floor is yours, sir. Okay, good morning. Uh, good morning. I take it up as a privilege to be here, uh, and I don't take it for granted. One uh, moment I'm invited to speak to people of God, I always see it as a privilege, and I'm very grateful for to the organizer of this program for inviting me. So, good morning. Uh, uh, I will say, ladies and gentlemen, because we are talking to men. So, good morning. <laughs> uh, the topic given to me is the law and practice of wills, probate, and administration of estate. Uh, let me start by saying this. Uh, the law of nature detects that everyone must die. And then we don't like talking about this. The moment we talk about this, we seem to be not comfortable talking about this. But by the nature of I mean the nature of the I mean by the law of nature, everyone must die. In other words, that is not only inevitable, it's not only certain, but actually inevitable. Uh, but the question has always been that why alive we gather property, we try as much as possible to work hard, uh, we acquire properties, both real personal properties. And then, why are we afraid of this? We are not afraid of acquiring those properties. And then the question has always been that, what happened to those properties after our death? What happened to those properties? So, the reason why uh, we need to have a proper estate planning, or what we call social planning, if Jesus tried, and if, if we leave, 100 years, certainly we are going to die one day. So, a reason why this topic is apt and also very essential for everyone to learn about it. So, two things are inevitable. That's retirement. If you are working now, you are going to retire one day. If you are not working, you are going I mean, if you retire, that is also very inevitable. So, we are going to be looking at the law and practice of wills and probably talk about estate planning. What happened in case because if you fail to plan for your retirement or you fail to plan for your assets, that is debt, uh, I pray that I mean, even your enemy will be able to administer your estate. Uh, Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 22, Proverbs 13, verse 22, say, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid off for the just. So, a good man leaving a letter for his children, children. So, we all plan to leave 
what we call a good estate plan or what we call succession plan. So, one of those estate plans, just like what I said, is will. We have so many of them. But we are concentrating our efforts on, on the issue of will today. I'll mention others briefly so that we can be guided accordingly and know what we can do when we are talking about how to prepare for our exit. Just like I said, debt is inevitable. You cannot do without debt. You cannot do without retirement. And as such, whatever we do, we need to prepare so that a stranger will not take over our, our assets uh, in case of eventuality or probably uh, what we call uh, inevitable death. Now, when we're talking about uh, estate planning, it's talking about how we arrange for or we plan for who is going to succeed to whatever property we own when we are alive. Uh, it could be our business. It could also be our properties. We need to plan for that. In doing that, we are also helping to really give ourselves uh, a peace of mind. Like a a a, a, a writer said, it. he said, when you talk about that, people don't like want to talk about wills. When you advise people to write wills, they they always want to tell you that you are reminding them about that. Everybody don't want to talk about will. In fact, if you have a wife and you tell your wife, I want to write you my will, the first thing is likely going to ask you, are you going to die? Are you prepared to die? But whether we like it or not, it's not the fact that we are writing a will doesn't mean that we are going to die. For some of us in estate planning mechanic, I mean, estate planning or estate planning expert, we have written will for people that die. I mean, they are written a will 10 years, 20 years, and they are still alive. So the, the basic of thing is just to plan for our exit and then also to plan so that a stranger will not take over our asset. What is will? When we're talking about will, is one of those, I mean, is the common estate planning mechanism we have that is common to everyone. And just like uh, uh, one of the speakers mentioned earlier, there are crises, there are perennial problems about administration of estate of those who fail to plan. And we, we, we see Rotimi William, for example, as earlier mentioned, despite the fact that this man is called Timmy of the law, we can see the fact that up to today, he married only one wife, like many Christians would do, and up to today, the four oh, children are still fighting. they were still fighting over the estate today. In fact, I remember one of the captions of the newspaper that they fight in death. The firstborn is late. Many of the other siblings Two did not even attend this barrier simply because they were afraid to prepare for exit. In contrast, if you compare Rotimi Williams and Ganifa Wemi, Ganifa Wemi had a fantastic estate plan. If you go online, you see Ganifa Wemi wills. This man wrote a will, and up to today, you will never hear any crisis about Ganifa Wemi estate. He prepared a good will. And up to today, you can see the fact that for many of us that are lawyers, there's what we call Nigeria Weekly Law Report. It's still running and it's still being produced because what Ghani does was to have a good estate plan. So that is good family we can, I mean, we can take as an example. We take uh, Rotimi Williams and we're talking about Ghani Farimi. So when you compare those two, one failed to plan, the other one plan, and we can see what is happening to them today. So there's a need for every one of us to prepare, uh, not because we want to die, that's number one, Ellie. The second one is to have an estate plan so that the stranger 
will not take over our property. What is a will? When we're talking about a will, uh, before I talk about a will, there are so many estate, uh, estate uh, uh, planning mechanisms or form of estate planning we can actually adopt. Uh, a will is one of them. Another one is what we call a trust. A trust. The second one is what we call a gift in I mean, third one is what we call a gift in A gift in The third, fourth one is what we call estate by instrument or contract. Estate by instrument or contract. And the fifth one is estate by operation of law. Before I mention a will, thank God we are Christians. But you see, the problem here is about the father. If you don't write a will, and you fail to marry under the act. I, I presume that we're talking to Christians, so all of us marry under the act. But if you don't marry under the act, there are two possibilities. The first possibility is the fact that your estate is subject to your customary law. It's subject to your customary law. That means if you fail to marry under the act, your estate is subject to customary law, which is your personal law. For example, if you are a Yoruba man, for example, and you do not contract the statutory marriage, what happened to your property when you die? That property will be taken over by your relatives. And when it's taken over by relatives, they will adopt what we call the mode of distribution under Yoruba customary law, which is either a digi or a real jury. Your wife is considered as a charter. That's what the law says. So, Tango, that's why I say thank God we are talking to Christian audience. But for the purpose of uh, educating those who are not even Christians, if they die and they are subject to customary marriage, that means they did not contract the statutory marriage, their wife cannot inherit them. And that is what we are saying about the fact that they are, they are chattels. The wife is also an object of inheritance. That's number one. Number two, the children also, I mean, also they may be disinherited depending on whether uh, those who survive you are going to take, give them opportunity to even inherit you. That's another one. Then, that's for Yoruba. In Igbo land, if you are Igbo, it's so peculiar. If all your children are, 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 are girls or women or girls, until recently when Supreme Court said that women are entitled to inherit land, landed property are excluded from inheritance of, um, of female in Igbo land and some other areas. So that's one of the reasons we must always plan for our exit. Now, secondly, if you marry under the act also, if you marry under the act, that means you have gone to registry, you marry under the act, yes, certainly you are also excluded for customary mode of inheritance. But nevertheless, there's some problem there because your wife can only inherit you or inherit your property up to one third of whatever assets you left behind. So that is it. And then provided that wife will be able to be able to withstand the pressure from your family. So the best thing to do is to have what we call a proper estate plan. If you have a proper estate plan that will assist you to always display the customary application of succession and also displays application of statutory succession. So uh, one of them is will. So I'm talking about wills today, uh, wills and law practice, and then I'll talk about probate, and then we'll take it from there. Now, what is a will? A will is just a legal expression of an individual wishes about disposition of his, pro uh, his or her property, 
especially documents which direct the way you want your property to be shared is called a testamentary document and you have what we call a testamentary freedom if you have written a will you can just give your property the way you like you give your property the way you like you give it to whoever you desire that is what we call a will so a will give you an opportunity to express yourself and to give yourself a kind of who you want to take over your assets and who you want to take over the property you acquire during your lifetime. So it's very essential for you to know that a will give you testamentary freedom, unlike when you die in testage. Is that you die tested or you die tested? What is testacy? Testacy is where you have written a will. If you don't have a will, we call it in testacy. That means you don't you die without a will. And just like I said, if you die without a will, you die in testing. So you are so depending on the nature of marriage you contracted. If you contracted a statutory marriage, yes, I'm sure first state law will be applicable. That means your spouse, your surviving, I mean surviving spouse, can take one third of your asset. If you die without contracting a statutory marriage, then your customary law will be used to share your property, so to say. That is what we are talking about. Now, so it will give you an expression via a document to give property to those you desire, the way you want your property to be shared. You give it out. And then you have what we call a testamentary freedom. The only restriction there is that you can give a property that's subject to uh, some customary rules. Uh, probably a family property cannot be disposed through a will. You can dispose a, property, a family property through a will. And then in some area like Edo, if you are from Edo, for example, you are from Benin, there are certain properties you cannot even dispose through your will. They call it Igiobi. Igiobi is a property where you also inherited from your great-grandfather. It's where the, a deceased man live and die. They call it a central home. So you can give that in your will. But for your personal acquired property, you can actually dispose it through your will. Uh, what are the advantages of writing a will? You know, uh, there are so many advantages of writing a will that are not right. Just like I said, people believe that when you write a will, it's a remembrance of death. Many people don't want to write a will because they believe that to remind them about death. And just like I said, I've said that for many of us who have written a will for people that 20 years they're still alive. If you have changes or you probably acquire more property, what you can do is to just amend your will to what we call a codice. Okay, if I write a will in 2020 and I've acquired more property, what can I do? I will go to my lawyer. I've acquired more property, what can I do? He will amend that will for you to what we call a codice. So what are the advantages of making a will? Number one, a will displaces what we call devolution by customary law. I mentioned that earlier. If you don't write a will and you die in test it and you do not contract the statutory your customary law will be applicable to share your estate no matter how voluminous how big that your estate you have people from your local area that will distribute your asset even in contradiction even contrary to your own personal view so that is one but with the moment you have written your will then you you have given what we call a testamentary disposition what you desire and nobody can really tamper with it number two you can appoint your personal representative, executors, those you are trusted. Those you are trusted, those you believe can actually act for you, even when you are gone. If you don't write a will, even your enemy can administer your will, uh, can administer your property. 
So it's always good to write away because you'll be able to put down in your in your will. These are the people I want them to be my executor and trustees, and they can administer the estate when I'm gone. But the moment you don't write a will, your enemy, your best enemy, <laughs> can administer your estate. Then there's what we call testamentary guardian. What is testamentary guardian? When you appoint executors, you can tell them, this is the way I want my children. I want them to be this. I want them to be that. Monitor them. And then you, you, you are what we call a testamentary guider because you are, you are the one that appointed them. Not when you die in testing. If you die in testing and you are subject to statutory law, that means you might under the act. There's no will. How will your property be, be administered? They will go and apply for what they call letter of administration. Family member that you don't like might be there as an administrator. You are not the one that appointed it. But in your will, you can appoint your firstborn, you can appoint anyone, even your wife, to be among your executor. Another one, direction as to your barrier. You can detect in your will. This is the way I want my barrier to be. If some of us have been looking at some of the invitation card for barrier, uh, no night party, please. No alcohol should be served. These are part of what direct, I mean, directly from the deceased. Then another one is that it's much, much cheaper. It's cheaper for you to write a will, not to write a will. Let me give an example. If you have one billion in your account and you die in testage and you don't have a will, how will, the, how will your beneficiary assess that money? They have to apply for letter of administration. And when they apply for that letter of administration, there's no negotiation. They're going to pay 10% to the probate registry. So if you have money scattered all around, or I mean scattered all around banks, and you die in testing without a week, you are going to pay 10% of the of that amount to the probate registry. So you can imagine. But if you die with a week, that means you die tested. You may not pay that money, it's going to be assessed based on the what the value of the estate duties. So it's much cheaper. If you own houses, if you own houses. And then probably you are giving the houses to your children. They will find difficulties in taking personal property and change the name in your in their names if you don't write a will. Because if you don't write a will and you die in test it, they must apply for letter of administration. And the letter of administration, they will assess the value of that property and they are still going to pay 10%. So if they pay 10%, or they don't even have money to pay that 10%. That means they are not going to perfect that document relating to whatever gift you are giving to them. But if a will is written, they normally don't charge 10% on probate. It's reduced estate duty. So that's another advantage of writing a will. Then peace of mind. If you write a will, we sell a will is ambulatory. That's what we are taught. A will is ambulatory. A will is testamentary. A will is revocable. If you, you, you can revoke your will, you can amend it while you are alive. But the moment you die, you are the one speaking from the grave. That is what you are saying. It gives you peace of mind if a will has been written and it's not challenged. Because at the time you are gone, you, you are quite sure that somebody you are trusted is in charge of your estate and is going to manage that estate the way you like. Okay? So that is it. I don't know what I'm communicating, sir. I, I don't know. Am I communicating? Yes. Yes, you are, sir. Okay, thank, thank, thank you so much. So, that is exactly what we're talking about. Now, aside from writing a will, a will has its own procedure. If a will is written and you die 
then you will be subject to probate. It will be subject to probate. Uh, what is probate? Probate is confirmation of the authority of the executor you appointed in your will to act. There's a confirmation of your authority. The moment you have written a will, it doesn't mean that the will will just take effect after your death. No. There's what we call a legal document that must be obtained from probate registry. For every state in Nigeria, in approach, there's what we call there's a probate registry. A probate registry are the one that Mr. and process document that relates to uh, the deceased person. So if you die tested and you have written your will, or what your executor will do is to apply for probate. The moment they apply for probate, then they can continue to administer your estate based on the instruction you are giving to them. Now, if you die in testage, that means you did not write a will. Just like I said, aside from the fact that it's so expensive to die in testage because all your property are subject to 10% estate duties. Your money in the bank is subject to 10% estate duties. Uh, it's of, of recent that some of us come out to say that, oh no, if I, I left uh, several millions of naira for my kids that are minor and I did not write a will, what happened to that money if they cannot pay 10%? So some states adopted the idea of charging from the source, meaning that you can still apply for early, that's letter of administration, and then the money you have in the bank will be deducted, that 10% will be deducted from the money so that they can have access to it excluding property. There's difference between you applying for letter of administration for money and letter of administration for property. Many people normally, even many lawyers don't know, we call it limited grants. Uh, when somebody dies immediately and he dies intestate, that means he, he dies without writing a will. People are interested in taking the money from the, from the bank. They are not interested in the property, so to say. So they will apply for letter of administration and the letter of administration will be for the money in the bank. So the moment you take the money from the bank and then in future you decide to sell the property, you cannot use the same letter of administration for the property. That's what we call limited grant. A letter of administration is limited to the purpose for which it's granted. That means it's limited for the purpose of the money in the bank. After the money in the bank, it's become useless. So if you want to now sell property left behind by the deceased, you need to go back to the probate registry, and then they will do what we call additional assets, and you are going to pay 10% on the value again. But if you have a will, you don't need all that. All we require to do is just to uh, put all your assets together, and the moment you put all your assets together, then you have uh, you, you can apply for probate, and then you pay some money also. Not that you are not going to pay for money, uh, you are not going to pay estate duty for probate, but it's lesser as compared to when you die without a will. Now, there are so many, aside from advantages of writing a will, we can also talk about uh, the fact that there are some essential characteristics of writing a will. As I mentioned that a will is ambulatory, a will is revocable. That means during your lifetime, you can continue to amend your will. If you have acquired more properties today, you can acquire a will. Something happened to one of my friends. A young man that was making money at age of 40, and I advised him, I said, now you have, you have acquired so many properties and I've been your lawyer. Why can't you just write your will? The wife was listening to us when we were talking 
and he came and said, lawyer, you want to kill my husband? I said, no, I'm not killing your husband. I'm just advising him because of the family. If you don't acquire, if you don't write away, you expose your children and your wife to danger. Let me tell you the truth. Family members don't see the way we see some of us. Family members are waiting for you, especially when God bless you. They are waiting for your demise, your bells. They are coming over. The moment you die, the wife will be put you to problem. Except that wife is also stronger. If it's not that strong, they are coming over to take over. So why can't you protect whoever you are going to leave in your children? If you die at all, no, no problem. You have left, you are giving education to the children. They don't even need your property anyway. But for, for some of us, since we cannot prefer, we cannot uh, actually say the time we are going to die, we can actually prepare for future. So if you don't protect your immediate family member, other family members are coming. It happens so many cases reported in, the, in, in our law report where family member will just come and be disturbing the woman. It's Nedo State is common. The moment a woman, a man dies young, the, the suspect has only been the wife. Is every wife is a suspected killer, so to say, and they will make sure that you went through so many uh, customary trans, I mean, customary tradition that's not really uh, good for him, for her. She will be asked to stay with the cops. They will ask her that the the, the, the water they used to bury the cops, she should drink it. These are these are things they will do to that woman. What are they after? It's only the property of the deceased, not because they are interested in the fact that the man died. Uh, prematurely. So we must always ensure the fact that we prepare for our exit to writing a will that is actually uh, we prepare for that. So if you have a will, you go through probate. If you have, don't have a will, you go to letter of administration. Now let me talk, I've mentioned some will, let me, let me stop there and talk about letter of administration. Now in letter of administration, we must always educate our wives. In letter of administration, section 49 of admission of state law of, of all the states, the, I mean, the law is similar, actually provides for the fact that who are those people that are supposed to apply for letter of administration even when we die in test it, that means we don't have a will. The force on the priority is surviving spouse, whether your husband, if your wife died, you are the one that is eligible to apply for letter of administration. You are number one on the list. Surviving spouse. Or spouses, as the case may be. So that's number one. Before you talk about your, your biological children, there's no place for nest of kin, and we must be careful about putting stranger as our nest of kin. Under the law, there's no place for nest of kin, except where that nest of kin is our own biological children. You don't put nest of kin. Some of us put nest of kin strangers, our friends, our brothers. A nest of kin is just a point of contact. If you die, you work in any government establishment, that's the person they will contact to send condolences to. A, a nest of kin does not have a role to play in the administration of your estate. But the moment you put your nest of kin and they send letter to that nest of kin to process your entitlement, if you work in government uh, places, then you will begin to apply for letter of administration if you die in testage. And you will get the money even to the exclusion of your own biological children. So if you want to put anyone as end of king, it's better you put your wife or you put your husband or you even put your children as end of king. Stop putting strangers as nest of king. There's a policy now, if you're under the Nigeria army, you, I mean, you cannot put any other person other than your wife because of the experiences. We established what we call WIS Clinic in University of Lagos. 
when University of Lagos was empowered and was was really uh, faced with litigation from children and beneficiaries because of nest of kin. So we decided to establish what we call a WIS clinic, writing WIS for people at a cheaper rate. Come and write your WIS. Somebody will say, what do I have? You have your pension. If you have subscribed to what we call PENCOM, under PENCOM, contribution pension, that could be what you have. Don't allow strangers to take it. Have a proper estate plan. And that's what we're talking about. So we need to have that if, when we're talking about uh, early letter So you have surviving spouse is number one. Always encourage your husband, your wife, in case I die, don't let them obtain letter of administration without your name being included. It's number one. There's no place for nest of king. I think that is that is settled. Now, I talk about that. There are so different, I mean, many different type of wheels. Uh, the wheels that is really very essential to us is about the fact that there's what we call mutual wheels. Husband and wife can actually write a wheel together. Yes, we call it mutual wheels. In mutual wheels, what do you put in mutual wheels? You can just say, husband and wife, we are giving our properties to our children. But in case I die first, my wife take over. And then whatever is left behind, my wife passes to the children. That's what we call mutual wills, okay? Uh, the will I've been talking about since morning is what we call statutory wills. Statutory wills is what the laws dictate that it must comply with the provision of the law. But we can have some other wills, okay? Statutory will says we must be written this wise. For example, in Lagos State, if you are up to 18, you can write a will. As young as 18, you can write a will in Lagos State. In other states, you must be 21. But except for Lagos, you must have been 21. I mean, you must okay, and then you must have what we call a, what we call a mental capacity to be able to write a will, uh, acknowledgement of the fact that you know what you are doing. The reason why you should not write a will when you are old, just like I said, people believe that they are about to, they are thinking of dying. That's when they want to write a will. There are a lot of problems with that because at that time you are not coherent. People will take advantage of the fact that you are not really coherent and you are not really fervent the way you are. The fact that you are writing a will doesn't mean you are going to die. Just like I said earlier, write a will if you want to write a will so that you can put, I mean, you can save uh, people from fighting over what is unnecessary. Uh, you can see the Ojuku's will. Ojuku's will was subjected to so many litigation to the extent that even Ojuku was uh, denied his, his own false biological son. So, because at that time, you are susceptible to influence Anybody can influence you when you are old. So we must guard against that. So we have that kind of will. Statutory will is the most, what the law says. Then you have oral will. Oral will is talking about the fact that you may not even write a will, but you have oral will or what we call dying declaration. You can invite everybody uh, when you are about to die and just tell them, this is the way I want my property to be shared. I started telling them, but that must be done. Oh, my house in Lekki should be given to you. The one in Ojudu should be given to Tunde. And then, when doing that, you must do it in the presence of witnesses, at least two witnesses who are physically present in your spiritual bed, other than your beneficiary. Nobody will listen to a beneficiary when he's talking about the father. Before my father died, he was talking about the father, the house in Lake is for me. Nobody will believe that. So, you have that. If you're also a member of uh, uh, military, 
you are also exempted from some of these things. Now, we are talking about advantage of writing a will. Now, we, we talk about
and you don't want to go through the process of probate, or you don't want to go through the process of letter of administration, like uh, you want the money to be used for your burial, just added or add one of your beneficiaries as a co-signatory. If, if you add that person as a co-signatory to help you, so that at the end of the day, if you die, you can assess the money for your burial. People are doing that, uh, and it's really uh, making wave. So that is what we're talking about. There are so many advantages of writing will, having trolls, having gifted survivors. But the basic thing about all this is all about the fact that you have a, uh, a proper estate planning. Uh, with estate planning, there's no problem. You can go back, to, I mean, you can go to your grief and have what we call a peace of mind. Now, there are also what we call, if you die partially intested or partially tested. If you die intestate, uh, that means you don't have a will. That's what we call full intestacy. You don't have a will at all. So your estate is subject to, but uh, subject to some law. But there are also certain instances where you are so blessed. God has blessed you so much that you can't even remember all your assets. I have somebody like that. One of my clients. He will, he has so many. He had so many land that in fact he will start buying them again because he didn't even remember many land. So, if such a person has written a will, it's likely going to leave out on some of those properties. So, the one you put in your will, you are deemed to have died tested. The one you don't leave in your will, you are deemed to have died, uh, what we call uh, intestacy. That's what we call partial intestacy. Now, if you write a will and you are not sure about your executors, you are not sure about those to be put as executors, and you submitted your will like that, that's a problem. You are also going to die. Test it with will annex. The meaning is that there's no executor to drive your will. Somewhere, somewhere, you still need to go to court to apply for uh, letter of administration. Your executor, will, I mean, your beneficiary will still need to go and apply for what we call letters of uh, administration. So uh, let me round up here. It's so important for us to have good estate planning or what we call social planning. Because if you don't have it, just like the Bible says in Proverbs, our property will become that of a stranger if we don't have a good estate plan. It's always good for us to really prepare, not because we want to die. Just like I said, there's what we call courtesy. What is courtesy? Courtesy is a miniature will. It's a small will. If I write a will in 2020 or 2010 and I started acquiring more property, what I can do is to have a courtesy. I don't need to revoke my will. I can call my my lawyer. I have acquired many other properties after you have written my will. It is going to prepare a courtesy just to reflect what you have given your will. And also, if you change your mind about a particular person, you are giving money to XYZ, and you change your mind about that person, call your lawyer. A courtesy will be written for you. Just tell him, I do, I've given this property to XYZ, but the way he's behaving, I don't want to give him anymore. I don't want to give her anymore. Your lawyer will prepare a courtesy, amend it, okay? So there could be, if there's going to be only one week, there could be several courtesy. Courtesy is what you use to amend whatever you want to do in uh, amending your will. So what do, you, what do you need when you want to write a will? All you need, I mean, all you need to do is just to give instruction to your lawyer about your beneficiary. Number one is to know at the extent of your properties. You must be mentally alert. 
there's what we call uh, mental capacity. I've talked about age capacity. What's age capacity? In Lagos State, I said you must be 18. In other states, you must be 21. The second one is what we call mental capacity. You must be sane. Not only sane as you are normal, but you must be able to reflect the fact that what you are doing is disposition of your property. That's normal. Then you must not be subjected to what we call undue influence. Don't let anybody influence you when you are writing your will. If there's an undue influence, the will might be set aside. Uh, there are several cases. I don't want to be, be, I mean, bother you with so many cases about how people have influenced people in writing their will. Your beneficiary, for example, your fourth child is a lawyer. He should not be the one to write the will for you. Look for a, a stranger. In fact, it's even advisable for you to look for somebody that's not even a family lawyer when you are writing your will. Look for somebody that does not know you. Only what you require is to get the receipt of lodgment of that will so that in future, when you die, your executor will have access to your will. Don't put familiar faces as among those that will go to write your will for you because that could be an influence. You don't put somebody that can influence you. You don't allow anybody to influence you. You have what we call a testamentary freedom. And in doing testamentary freedom, you can give your property to whoever you so desire. So, having said all that, I want to advise that we should always recollect the fact that having a will is not a remembrance of death. It doesn't remind you about death. It's only telling you about the fact that you need an estate plan and what we call social plan. It's also telling you about the fact that there's a need for you to prepare because of the fact that somebody, a stranger will not take over your property. And then while you're alive, you can also begin to distribute your property. It's not until you die. I mentioned trust. I mentioned gift survivors. You can do all that while you're still alive. You can do power virtually while you're still alive. So it's not until you die, you started thinking about who, who is going to inherit your business, who is going to do this, and then start putting them, appoint them as your part of your uh, 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 staff, MD, to run the business with you. Uh, having said that, I think uh, what the last thing I want to talk about is the fact that what do you require for letter of administration, your death certificate, your uh, what do you call it? You have your ID, and then the fact that you must be able to uh, disclose every asset you own to somebody. There are so many people that are so secretive. Up to now, they don't even know. There are many uh, unclaimed money in the bank that people don't claim because family don't have access to it. There should be somebody you trust, even when you don't write a will. Always ensure that you tell somebody that knows something about you. If you don't disclose to them and you probably die in testing, you don't have a will. It's dangerous because that money, bank, there's no law. Even though we are trying to, in some of our write-up, we say that banks should be always disclose accounts that are not being operated and the money should be given to government. If you don't disclose some of these accounts to people, bank will take it for free. So always endeavor to always disclose your the money you have with somebody that you can trust or even asset you have to somebody you can trust. If not, a stranger will take it. Thank you for listening. I think I will stop here. Thank you so much.
And yes, thank you so very much, uh, Prof, for making such a brilliant delivery. And thank you, everybody, for being attentive. Uh, we've been listening to Professor Babatunde Oni, Senior Advocate of Nigeria of the Department of Private and Property Law, Faculty of Law, University of Lagos. And he has spoken on the theme, the law and practice of wills, probate, and administration of estate. If you have questions, please send them into the chat room. Prof has graciously agreed to stay till the end of this webinar uh, to take all the questions. We are going to now listen to uh, our next facilitator, Mrs. Oluyomi Afolabi, CEO of Simply African Place. She's going to speak on the topic, the Jaguar Syndrome, and we look forward to another engaging, uh, engaging session. So please do stay with us. Send your questions to the chat room. And the final 30 minutes of this uh, of uh, this program will be devoted to attending to those questions and observations that you may have. Thank you once again, Prof. And now the floor is yours. Uh, Mrs. Afolabi, thank you very much for joining us. Please go ahead. Okay, thank you very much. Um, good morning, everyone. Good and, morning. Um, thank you for this privilege and honor to be here this morning. And, um, well, I pray that the Lord of harvest will bless all of you abundantly and meet you at the point of your needs in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like my my um slides to be shared, please, so that I can refer to them as I speak. Okay. Let's see. I thought I could share my screen, but I realized that um Okay, just hold on. We should be able to walk around that shortly. Let's see. Okay. So whilst we're doing that, um um, just to keep the session moving, I'd like to ask, does anyone know the sustainable development goal that backs migration? The fastest finger gets a gift from Simply Africa, and I have a gift here. Fastest finger, the sustainable development goal that speaks to the issue of migration and supports JAPA in a way. Okay, please you can unmute to answer or send a chat to win to win that gift. Yeah, send a chat. Fastest finger gets a gift from Simply Africa. And you don't want to miss this gift, really. So the gift you send through Mr. Yolada or to whoever wins this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hope the answers are coming in as we're waiting for the slides to be loaded. Okay, I believe you should be able to share your screen now. I just received confirmation from the host. Okay. Okay, we have somebody uh, attempting to answer. Uh, Mrs. Okubo, please go ahead. Just unmute and answer. I'm not too sure. Could it be target uh, 10.7 or something? You got it. Wow. Okay. Round <laughs> so of applause. you get it. You are the one celebrating <laughs> <laughs> But you see the, 
Okay, hold on. Yes, I understand there's another response in the, the chat room. room. We're going to look at it now. Yes. Okay, from uh Olabisi Akimbode, uh SDG ten point seven, the same so as so you may have been giving her two gifts. So who was the fastest fingers of the two of them? <laughs> well, I, I leave it to the to the um organizers to okay. To decide who that's for Mr. Ladakwa. Thank you very much. We'll make a decision. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. And um so this morning basically, um I hope you can see my screen now. Yes, we can. Yes. So this morning we'll just um, quickly talk about the Japan syndrome and um I'm just starting by saying, okay, so um, what does Japa mean? I'm sure we all know that Jakwa is a Yoruba slang. It's turned to colloquial language now and means you know, to run, to flee. It's like an escape. And um, it's like um, an escape where you are running away from a problem, so to say. So I have some statistics here to back up um, Jakwa. <laughs> that is the people who have kind of fled or are fleeing from Nigeria, fleeing from Nigeria. But it may interest you to know that um, about 3.6% of the world's population currently live outside their country of origin. So Jakba is not basically localized to Nigerians. It's something that happens across, across the world. If 3.6% of the world population is living outside their country of origin, and then just last year, we were made to understand that 73%, there was a 73% rise in the number of Nigerians that got UK study visa. That tells you something, that our children are running away, <laughs> all in the name of going abroad to study. And um, um, so, sorry, I'll just take you back to that. Oops, I'm doing something wrong. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so just wanted to share the um, the statistics, just just to bring it home. And I'm sure we are all aware um, about Canada and how Canada is um, is stealing all our people, and um, our children are going there every day in droves. And I understand that in 2021, about 15,000 visas were granted. So that tells us something that we have. Um, a kind of problem on our hands. This is a Christian gathering, so we'll just um, look at what the Bible says about Jakba. Is it even biblical? Have we thought about it? Is it is it something that God supports? The Bible is you know is full of um, stories of people who have Jakba, so to say, or people who have moved from their own land to other lands. And if you if you Go through the Bible, the story of Abraham is there, Joseph, even Jesus went from city to city preaching, you know. And then, of course, the story of Ruth and even the Israelites themselves. So, from time immemorial, Jakba has been there. But what concerns us now is the high rate in Nigeria. So what all this tells me is that 
God uses migration as a means of blessing his people to settle the new land and for them to thrive. So please note the word thrive. So when you go to a new land, if you look at the stories in the Bible, it's, it's to enable us or the people who are moving to new lands to thrive as was done or as happened in the biblical days. And then, apart from them thriving, he also uh, enjoins people to accept them, accept strangers and love them, you know, so that the people who are built in a new land will be comfortable and they will be accepted and they'll be loved and they'll thrive there. So Mark 12, 31 is an example of your neighbor as yourself, you know, and all that. So let's look at the causes of Jakba. What is really causing this problem for us in Nigeria? We have the problem of an economic downturn. We have political instability. We have security issues. For instance, um, the NSAS also created a lot of reasons why a lot of young people decided to, to, to move out of the country. Sorry, I'm trying to get this um, line out of, of the way. I don't know if... I'm not sure what to do here. Uh, okay, I'll just continue. So we have... Um, hello, I hope I'm communicating. Am I... Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Thank you very much. Okay. So we have the NSAS issues. We have um, breakdown law and order where um, impunity reigns. You know, everybody just does what they like. <laughs> no consequences. That's the society we found ourselves. It doesn't go well with some people. They want some law and order. So they want to move to lands where there are consequences and, you know, there's, there's order. People are seeking education without tears. They want to go to school. They want to know when they'll graduate. They don't want to 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 be caught up with them um, strikes. The quest for citizenship. People just they're comfortable. They just want something else. They just want a second citizenship, you know. And of course, there's competition. There's greed. Ah, my neighbor's child has gone. Me too. I have to go. So that's um. That's something that's also happening um, amongst Nigerians today. They're not prepared. They don't even know. They don't have the full information. I just want to go. They say dollar is this amount, so let me look for money and go. Any, anyhow. And then, of course, you have those who are seeking greener pastures. I have the right skill sets. I need international exposure, you know, and all that. So those are some of the causes why we have the high um, cases of Jakba. And of course, I've talked about the skill set, those who have um, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial skills, or they have that can do speed. That when I get there, I can prove myself. I know what I'm doing, you know. And um, so that's basically um, why people like Jackman. And of course, there's the lack of um, infrastructure, no water, no light. So people, some people can't deal with it. They want, they just want to have, you know, good things in their lives, and they're looking for avenues where this can be done. I mean, they, they can have access to all of this. So, what's the international or global viewpoint on Japa? Let's just look at it because 
I've talked about the biblical, uh, I've given a biblical reference. Even the Bible supports moving in, into new lands. There are international policies that even support or back the movement of people, you know, from one place to another. You have the fundamental human rights, your freedom, you know, to move around. And if you look at the Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights, they have a unique mandate provided by the United Nations to promote and protect the rights for all people. Part of this is the freedom of movement. And there should be no violation of such rights. So that office works to promote, to protect, and to fulfill the human rights of all migrants, regardless of their status. The approach to migration places the migrants at the center of migration policies and governance. That means that even the United Nations recognizes the need for for people to move from one point to the other. Uh, okay, so we also talked about the Sustainable Development Goal. You know, one of our sisters already won a gift. <laughs> and this is where, you know, one of the, I think, I believe we have something sustainable goals. And the one that really targets migration is the goal, the, the tenth goal, and the target is the seventh one. So it's to facilitate orderly, safe, regular, and responsible migration and mobility of people including through the implementation of planned and well-managed migration policies. So we know that even the Sustainable Development Goal, which applies to all countries, is a call to, uh, to action for all countries to eliminate poverty. It recognizes the fact that people must move in order for them to make progress. And then, of course, we have all those countries that are targeting are very skilled and even semi-skilled um, people. You know, we have Canada calling every day. U.S. is there, Australia, all of them looking for Nigerians. You know, we Nigerians, it's like God has given us a special gift. Anywhere we go, we thrive, we succeed, and they're looking for us as well as other people do. So we know that Jakba is is um is acceptable. It's there's a business case for it. But what are the effects of Japa? When people leave home and they go to another man's land, what are the effects? We have the economic, the social, the financial, psychological, and mental health effects of Japa on the family. I'm emphasizing on mental health because this is one area that people have not really paid attention to. They just carry their bags, they go. We have cases of many children, many young people, who have serious mental health issues after jackpying from home because there's no support for them, there's no financial backup, and they have a lot of issues. We also have many cases of fatality and even the inability to get to the promised land, leading to great sorrow. We've read stories of how people die in the Mediterranean seas, all in the name of, you know, looking for the golden um, fleece, looking just... I want to go out. I must go. I must leave the country. They travel for months. They die in the high seas. And they leave their families in great soul. I'm not sure that this is God's um, plan for Jagba. Because when we talked about the biblical part of it, God's plan for Jagba is so that you move to another land, you thrive. You establish yourself there. And you can worship God there. You know, you can praise God there. It's not to bring about fatality and, um, and sorrow onto the family. So we need to really talk about the mental health effects of Jakba on the family.
There's some positive effects of Japa. So I'll just quickly talk about those. Of course, when people Japa, both the young and the old, so Japa is not just for the young. We have people who are Japaing to retire. They want to retire to their, you know, to go and enjoy their retirement life out there. I was even wondering when Mr. Oladapo called me, I'm like, ah, I'm not, I'm not planning to jack out Mr. Oladapo. So how will I handle this topic? <laughs> I have not jacked and I'm not sure if I'm planning to jack out in the very near future. But maybe after this, I'll give it serious thoughts, you know? So we have people who go out there and they remit foreign um, end income to families. That's a good one because it makes the families more comfortable here. We have restoration and redemption. Where hope has been previously lost, there are people who have given up hope. They, you know, they've been they've been thrown aside by the by, by life, but somehow when they find themselves out there, they begin to thrive. And then there's restoration, there's redemption. Those are that, that's good news coming out of Jakba. You have educational advancement. You know, Nigerians. Ah, when we go out there, we we really really. Put in our best and we thrive. And this leads to a spike in the numbers of successful Nigerians worldwide. You know, and within the family, this brings integrity and family pride. Imagine when our children are being named as um, professors out there, the best student here, scholarship here and there, it brings joy. You know, and then of course, there are some universities now who becoming because of what Nigerians are doing out there, they're beginning to teach some Nigerian languages and all that. So that, that that's um those are really really um, positive impacts of Jackba, and of course, it's an empowering experience for me. You know, it's positive. It's a, it's empowering when you go out there. You are making money. You are thriving. You're you're doing what you need to do, according to God's plans for you. But then, why do we have the negative effects? Because it's not positive all the way. We have a lot of people who don't do research. They just carry their bags and they go. So as fathers today, part of what we need to be telling young people who come to you to say, ah, uncle or daddy, I, I think I want to travel abroad. What the first question you should say is, have you done your research? Have you done your groundwork? What are you going to do there? What information do you have or do you need? It's not enough to just carry your bag to say, I'm going. Inadequate funding. People think, oh, when I get there, ah, I'll just go and work. I'll just start working and all that. It's not that easy. They get there and they have problems. We've heard of Nigerians who are sleeping in um, burial grounds in Canada because they cannot even afford to pay rent. In a situation where rent is about $2,500 for one room per month, $2,500. So they've gone with three children without really thinking or planning their finances and they get there. So you find them hanging around, sleeping in burial grounds, something that they will never have done in their, you know, in their own country. A lot of people suffer negative effects because they are copying the Joneses. Oh, this one has gone. I must go too. Ah, I can't be the only one. I had a, a, a young man was telling me the other day. I said, why do you want to travel? He said, ah, all my friends have gone. I must go. What are you going to do there? I don't know. When I get there, I'll find out what I want to do. So, of course, when, when he gets there, I'm sure there'll be some negative consequences. Wrong or insufficient information, as I said. People give people wrong information. Yeah, when you get there, you get a job, you start making money. You'll do this, you'll do that. That may not necessarily be true. And, of course, they need to belong. I live abroad now. 
my child lives in London, my child lives in Canada. That's just all people want to say. And they're not listening to God's leading. As Christians, whatever decisions we want to take, we need to seek God. Is this the right decision for me? Am I making the right move? God, show me the way, you know. And of course, the completely greedy spirits of the average Nigerian. Let me go there and make dollar. When I get there and I change the dollar like this, I'll build five houses in one year. It's not always that way. So let's look at, let's, you know, delve um, deeper into the effects of the family now. We have a lot of unfulfilled promises and dashed hopes. People get there, they've been promised this. Oh, when you get there, uh, my auntie is there, she'll uh, accommodate you, she'll do this. They, they, they get there, their, promise, their hopes are dashed. They can't fulfill their promises. Families are separated. Families are separated. They stunted relationships. When the mother is there, the father is here. There are issues. There are issues associated with separation of families. We have financial slavery, where sometimes a man will take a woman there and say, oh, when we marry, when we get there, you go and do a course where you start making money, you start remitting your, 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 your salary to me. By the time the woman starts making the money, she realizes that, ah, I can't be giving you my salary. And then there are issues. We've had cases of men killing their wives or wives killing their husbands because, um, because of this issue. Sometimes there's a lot of financial pressure back home. Families who are here in Nigeria are still looking for money to send to somebody who has jackpot. That is a big problem. And that's why we need to engage anybody who says, I'm going, I want to jackpot. So we are, they need to understand that they must get their finances right before they jackpot. So they don't start coming back to put pressure on those of us who are still here. As I said earlier on, separation leads to dis disintegration of families caused by long-distance marriage and relationships. A man will go there and say, oh, when I marry another wife, I'll get paper, I'll come back to marry you. It doesn't work that way most of the time. The woman will be left here. The man would have married another woman there. And of course, the family gets disintegrated. Everybody is disoriented because they don't really know what's happening. The children are just left wondering. So this is a big, big problem. And this needs to be addressed. Before anybody jackpots in the family, you need to have family meetings. You need to sit down and understand what is in it for every member of the family before anybody goes away. There's erosion of values and culture and even language. When the younger ones go, they take on new culture, new values, new language. They don't even want to have anything to do with Nigeria again. And of course, the issue of the brain drain. When our finest and the best leave the country, the finest and the best, the cases of the medical staff, you know, is one for consideration. There's a case of depression and loneliness when it becomes difficult to find good companions. For instance, when the vicar was talking, he talked about um, when the mummies go for mugos and the men are left behind. Even the mummies who are there experience depression because maybe they all they are doing all day is taking care of a child of of, of their child uh, their, their their grandchild. They begin to suffer depression because they're not even interacting with other adults. The father 
father that is left here in Nigeria is also experiencing depression and loneliness. So these are issues for consideration. These are reasons why, as families, we must sit down and we must talk. You are going, let's have a, a timeline. You're only going for one month or two months. You're not going forever. <laughs> so these are issues that need to be discussed. You know, okay, we talked about death in the Mediterranean seas and all that. Where people go, they give it all, they send everything they have, they go in, and yet they don't get to the promised land. We have cases of dehumanization. When people get there, they face a lot of, some face a lot of abuse. They're dehumanized. And yet they continue to, to take it in because they just want to be there. And of course, these are things that lead to mental health issues. There's breakdown in communication. I'm sure many of you have had cases of children who refuse to take their parents' calls. There's breakdown in communication because where the child was going, you did not probably sit down to agree that hey, you have to be calling me every week or something. You know, there are things that maybe God will just guide us that we'll do with our children before we allow them to go. Because once there's breakdown in communication, the parents begin to suffer. You don't know what your child is doing. The child is cut off from the family. And probably we don't have sufficient funds to even go and to, to visit regularly. Some children are out of school, their parents don't know. Some young people are roaming the streets, they're to drugs. Parents think, ah, my child is in uh, Australia. You don't know that that child has mental health issues and has taken um, to drugs. So frustration and mental health issues leading to meltdown. And sometimes it results in suicide and murder. Where two people cannot even agree. I talked about the case of maybe professionals who maybe one party thinks you have to bring in the money and then they plan to murder the other party. These are serious issues. In the country today, those of us who are left behind, we have poor medical services because many of our medical staff have jackpot. So a lot of preventable death is, is going on now. Those are consequences of, you know, of, of Japa syndrome. And of course, we've talked about the culture shock. Many of the young people, even older people when they go, they suffer from culture shock. They get there, they think, ah, this is not what I thought. This is not what I expected. And when there's no support system, when there's no money, when there's no family, they take to drugs. So Japa is not for everybody. Before anybody jackpots, all the issues have to be put on the table. You have to have serious discussions, whether they're your children, they're your wards, they're your family members, your friends, even you yourself. If you are still thinking of jackpotting, you have to consider all these issues because the grass is not always greener on the other side. Many families are suffering in silence. They probably will not tell you. But many families are suffering in silence because of Japa and all these issues that we have talked about. So the question is, is Japa good or bad? There are no right or wrong answers. Japa is good. Japa may be bad for some people, but everybody needs to weigh and um, both sides and make informed choices. What is important is informed choices and God's leading. It's not about Japa being good or bad. It's about us sitting down to have those difficult conversations with our family members who want to Japa 
Because if you are going to Japan and you expect me to still be sending you money from Nigeria, <laughs> it may not be time for you to Japan. If you are going to Japan and you think that when we get there, I'll start giving you my salary. So we have to have those very difficult um, conversations. So which way Nigeria? What's going on in the country that's, you know, what should we be doing as a country? Let's change the narrative of our country. So we all need to get involved. All hands on deck. We can't sit back as Christians and watch the nation um, disintegrate because that is the major cause of Jakba. There will always be Jakba, but it shouldn't be emergency Jakba where everybody's just going, whether they are prepared or not. So we must get involved as Christians. We can't say, oh, politics is for the dirty or no. At every sector, we must get involved to revitalize the educational sector, revive our economy, instill good governance, engage the youth. There's a lot of work to be done with our young people. A lot of information to be passed across to them. A lot of difficult conversations to be had. Some parents have difficulties engaging their young ones. We must have those difficult conversations. We must have them. We pay, good wages have to be paid across board so that people are comfortable and we must get involved. Even when we are running our own businesses too, these are things that we need to look into. Integrity of processes and most importantly, we see God's face. Ask God the question, is it the right time for me to go? Is it right for my child to go now? You know, so those are the things we need to do. Thank you very much. So I'll be open to... <laughs> questions, comments, and additions. If there's anything, we can make it interactive. Let's see if there's anything that's missing that we can all talk about. But basically, the thrust of, of this is that Japa is biblical. Japa is, is acceptable. It is an accepted practice. You know, and United Nations and all the international bodies back it up. There's no doubt about it. The question is, have you done your assignments? Do you have the right information? Do you have the finances? Have you had those conversations in the family? Have you had those difficult conversations with your children? Do you know what they're going through? Why do they want to japa? Even amongst, um, uh, between spouse, um, you and your spouse, have you had those difficult conversations? If the woman is going for Omugo, how long is she going for? Is she running away from you? What are you doing? How do you get closer to your children? So that. When they go, like the Yorubas will say, wah, 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 way, they will look back and say, ah. so that we are all not suffering in our old age. Because when all the young people are out there and uh, Nigeria becomes old people's home, what's going to happen to all of us? Uh, you know, so I throw it open to the house. Thank you very much. Anayas, thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. Well, it's, uh, it's been an informative session and I mean, one that we all can relate with, given the subjects of the matters that we have discussed today. So thank you very much. We'll be listening to Mrs. Uluyomi Afolabi speaking on the effects of JAPA, the JAPA phenomenon on families in Nigeria. Earlier on, we listened to Professor Babatunde Oni, Senior of Nigeria, speaking on the law and practice of wills, probate, and admission of estates. 
And we have a number of questions in the chat room. If you have questions, this is the time to send your questions to the chat room. And if you're in a quiet place, you can unmute and ask. Just keep your questions and contributions as brief as possible. Uh, let's start with Prof. Prof, somebody has requested for, uh, for a copy of your lecture. So if that is available, somebody has requested for it. I will be delighted to have it. I want to begin with this question here in the chat room. It says, in a situation where there is no will and the death certificate is with a person that does not want to release it, what can the immediate family do? This is a question for Professor Babatunde Oni. Please feel free to send your questions uh, for Mrs. Afolabi as well and any question you may have. Prof, are you there? Yes, thank okay. you, Amir. Okay, go ahead. So that first one, yes. Well, he said... Uh, in case there's no will and death certificate is in the hand of somebody who's not willing to re release exactly. it. So what can they do? Mm. Well, usually I know that uh, it depends as, as if uh, the man dies, it depends on the, the, the place uh, where the deceased person, mm. whether in the house or in the hospital. If it had to be in the hospital, you can only do one death certificate. That's what I know. Mm -hmm. uh, the ethics of uh, medical uh, profession does not allow an hospital to issue two death certificates, except where you have a cogent reason uh, for that. But you can actually register your death. You can register your death with NPC. That's Nigeria uh, Population Commission. Uh, you can actually obtain another one. The only thing you need to do is just to go there and give reason why you need to have that death certificate from them. In fact, usually now, I mean, what is obtainable now is that uh, uh, most probate registry now prefer uh, death certificate from NPC. That is uh, Nigerian Population Commission. Yes, so that's another alternative. You need to submit some information to them, and then you also obtain some other information like well, your photograph, passport, and then some also obtain an affidavit a reason why you are obtaining that death certificate. So that could be an, another alternative uh, with MPC. You can actually obtain or register your deaths, and then that certificate can be used to process uh, their benefits. Thank you. Thank you very much, Prof. Thank you very much. And I hope that the answer is satisfactory to the person who asked it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, you can, you can raise up your hand, just if you want to uh, to make a contribution verbally, and then we can ask you to unmute. We also have a number of uh, appreciation notes here in the chat room from Mrs. Eguato saying thank you very much, Ma, to Mrs. Afolabi. God bless you. Also from Mrs. Onodekwe saying thank you very much to uh, to you, Mr. Afolabi, and a number of appreciation notes as well for I um, mean to Prof. And one from Mrs. Coca saying many thanks to you, Prof, uh, for this very informative and impactful discussion. You are highly appreciated. We all do appreciate you. There's a question here as well. Somebody sent this, a member of the church, and I'm going to read it out. Uh, it says Sir, I want Prof later to talk about residual estate, if it is not mentioned, and also details of the rules of intestacy, particularly Idigi and Oreo Jury. That's for you as well, Prof. Residual okay. estate and uh, Idigi and Oreo Jury, yes. Okay, let me just talk about uh, 
uh, in test this year as regard to Ijiki and Uriya Jury. Uh, there's one cop uh, that's per capita and per stripe. Uh, if uh, it's common, there's a popular I mean case we call it uh, Daudu and Diamondly, uh, which was decided in Lagos about the mode of distribution of estates on Yoruba land. Uh, Idigi is where he's talking about uh, that is uh, talking about branches. Okay, if a man marry five wives, uh, the estate is going to be shared based on the numbers of wives the man contracted during his lifetime. So that is Idigi. Okay, so the man instead of distributing to per capita, that is per age, it's going to be shared into five. The man married five wives, so the estate is going to be divided into five, not uh, minding the number of children. Uh, and that has been found not to be equitable because number one, if I have five wives, for example, somebody has married five wives and one of the I mean, wife gave back to one, so another one, ten, and then. Uh, you are now dividing the estate into five. The one with ten is going to suffer most because mm -hmm. that's not equitable. So, the reason why the court says that, I mean, some writers like Obila, uh, they will tell you that uh, Idigi is, I mean, Uriyo Juri is more equitable mm -hmm. than Idigi because Idigi is not equitable, it's not equosia. Now, when you talk about Uriyo Juri, Uriyo Juri is talking about where you just share per age, okay? Uh, you share per. All the children so when you have 10 children you share equally among the 10 children now that is all about that then when you're talking about residual estate these are we call we can call it left left over estate that are not shared it go to residue mm. uh residual estate is uh probably the one you reserve you can also call it reserve okay uh there are different type of legacies you have specific general legacy, ETC, and then you reserve some money for certain purposes. Uh, that money, probably you say that uh, all the money collected in my property after sharing this, a sum of 20 million or 10 million should not be shared, but should be used to maintain the property. That's go to residuary estate. That's one. Then probably you have given or allocated or share a particular property to a particular person who could not be found. Then that particular uh, gifts you are made for that person go to residual estate. Okay, in that instance, uh, the the executors will decide on what to do. They can use their discretion in probably applying what is residual estate. So residual estate, the general term I can use because I know many of us are not lawyer here. He just will say it's like a reserve, other than what can be generally distributed. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Prof. And that's, uh, of course, uh, that answers the question. And thanks to those who have posed that question. There's also a question uh, for Mrs. Safolabi. Uh, it's a question about whether you would advise for those passing through tough times in uh, in the Jakpa countries, if I may use that expression, whether you would advise them uh, to come back to Nigeria. What would be your advice to those who are already outside of the country but are facing adverse circumstances because they failed to plan properly. Okay, thank you. Uh, well, it, it's difficult to to advise, really, because it will depend on the exact um, individual situation of the people that are concerned. But if they have nothing to come back to, <laughs> My understanding is that many people who jackpot have already sold everything. Hmm. Nothing to come back to. 
So they've already gone. They might as well make the most of it. <laughs> it is those who are planning to go now mm. that need to really think about what they want to go and do there. Because if they sold everything, they've given up bank jobs, they've given up cars and all that. What will they come back to? Exactly. So honestly, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's mm. a tough one. But I know that if they have found themselves in such difficult situations, and they seek God's face. Even in that difficult situation, God will see them too. But those who are about to go, as who are still planning to go, are the ones that need to sit down and do their homework thoroughly. Thank you. Thank you so very much. But to seek God's God's face, and I, and I thank God that you emphasize that that is the that that is the ultimate and the most important thing. Thank you so very much. I believe that this everybody has benefited from this, and it is now my pleasure my pleasure to invite uh, their brother, brother Uyi Omogui, who is the president of the Oast Society for this year's harvest. The Oast Society is the Ambassadors for Christ Society and Brother Uyomogui is the president. He will now give the vote of thanks to Professor Babatundioni and Mrs. Oluyomi Afolabi. Over to you now, bro. Thank you so much, uh, Brother uh, Ogutoku, I think uh, we've all been richly blessed. I think before I thank the uh, guest speakers, I would like to appreciate God for this opportunity given to us to be part of these very wonderful sessions. I think we've been rich, richly blessed, and uh, it's by His mercy we're, we're here today. Also, to say a big thank you to our Father in the Lord, uh, the vicar and his uh, curate for the support, um, for even giving us the opportunity to be to to have this to hold this event. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Daddy and the Lord. Then, uh, as for our guest speakers, uh, Professor Babadude Oni and Mrs. Oluyomi Afolabi, we appreciate you. I mean, you provided perspective today, and I think a lot of information, a lot of items came out many points. We, I mean, some of us didn't know the, I mean, we didn't appreciate the importance of it today. And I think this, for us, is something we're going to take back and work on. And for Mrs. Afolabi, thank you for this Japan syndrome. It's something we're faced with. We all have relatives abroad. We know the challenges. And I think you've brought some perspective that will help us make informed decisions going forward. Thank you so much for these sessions. Uh, thanks to both of you. We appreciate you. God will bless you. God will replenish, replenish you intellectually. I also want to thank all the audience for joining, for making this a huge success. Uh, for everyone that attended, I think we have been richly blessed. And I think lastly, we want, I want to say a big thank you to the organizers, the subcommittee uh, in charge of men's harvest, and also the harvest committee, the larger house. Uh, thank you for the leadership we are getting from. We will say a big thank you to our chairman, uh, Mr. Yola Lossi, for the leadership he's providing. God will bless you. God will bless all the members. God will bless everybody that has put this together. I can just go through all the names. Uh, quite a number of us have put a lot into this. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Uyi Omogui, who has just given the vote of thanks. If you 
want to ask further questions, you can always get in touch with Brother Ayola Dakpo, who can always get in touch with our, with our facilitator. So if you have further questions to ask or you want to interact with them further, please get in touch with Brother Ayola Dakpo and he will get you in contact with our facilitators. Okay, let's say the closing prayer now. We invite Reverend Kende Akingbola to say the closing prayer. Reverend, sir. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father Almighty. Father Almighty, we we bless your holy name for this that you have done for us this morning. Thank you. We thank you for your children whom you have used to bless us richly through their experience, through their teaching. We pray, O Lord, that all that they have taught us and what we have learned. Oh Lord, from them this morning, the grace for us to use them in our individual lives and as a corporate body, grant unto us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you also for all the organizers of this program, from the Harvest Committee to the organizer or to the committee coordinator of the Men's Harvest for this year 2023, and also the O Society. We thank you, Lord, for their lives. We thank you, Lord, for what you are using them to do, particularly at this end time. Father, we pray, O Lord, that may we not miss it in the mighty name of Jesus. We have learned this morning at your feet. Father, all the knowledge that we have acquired, Lord, Father, we pray that may we not lose them in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, Lord God, we commit your church unto your hand. Particularly, O Lord, the leadership, the clergy, and the worshippers, that Father, your grace, O Lord, will continue to abound upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Your glory, Amen. O Lord, will shine upon us in the name of Jesus, that in this year, 2023 harvest, that as we prepare for the final harvest, O Lord, we pray that may you bless us richly in Jesus' name. Amen. That this harvest, Amen. O Lord, will be the best time in the mighty name of Jesus. That will make this season for us a season of wealth and a season of riches, a season of glory and a season of lifting. So shall it be for us all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And we pray, O Lord, for all those who have contributed one way or the other, O Lord, we pray that you replenish them Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And our resource facilitators, O Lord, we pray that all that they have done for us, virtues have left them, we pray that you replenish them also in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, Lord Amen. God, may your church continue to be lifted up in the name of Jesus, Amen. continue to grow and to increase in leaps and bounds in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you, O Lord, for all that you have done. To you be all glory, all honor, all adoration. As we go to our various homes, as we go to our various endeavors, Father, we pray that better understanding Better wisdom you grant unto us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Grant us Amen. rest, grant us peace. And every family in ascension, both far and near, those that are online, those that are that are physical prayer, Father, we pray that the name that's above every other name, you will bless us. Amen. You will bless Amen. us. You will guide us. You will protect us. You will keep us in safety morning, night, and day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' most wonderful name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Reverend, and thank you all for joining this webinar. God bless you all.